forward to you being able to listen to this special episode where we have um, the Southwicks, Renee and Lauren here with us. Um, generally speaking, over this last few weeks, I've had my episodes be very short and piffy for uh, listenability and and uh, just to be sensitive to time. This is one of those episodes that is longer in minutes than has been in the past. And I want to tell you that this is worth every minute that is uh, recorded here, and I think it will be a great benefit to you. So please, uh, please listen all the way through and love every part of it. Welcome to this edition of Brother Reg. I'm your host, Reg Allen, and I'm very pleased to have my beautiful wife. I'm Sarah Lynn. Sarah Lynn with us. And we also have um, the Southwicks, Renee and Lauren, that we have here. I wanted you to be able to say hi. Hi, I'm Lauren. <laughs> and I'm Renee. And we're we're pumped to have these two. We've had, um, if you remember a number of weeks ago, we mentioned that some of our listeners, that Lauren had been in a, in a horrible car accident a few months ago now. How, how long ago was it? Um, it's, a, it's about three months ago. Has it been it's about almost three, three months? months. It's incredible that you're here three months later yeah. and... Look, you look great. Thank you. You sound great. Thank you. That's yeah. that in and of itself is a miracle. It, there's so many miracles. Our our hope, um, we're hoping to be able to just visit with each other. I, I mentioned to the Southwicks that I've got no, um, actually anybody that listens to this knows that I don't have a plan. Um, but my hope is I I've been really touched by um, from a distance of watching you and your life and and overcoming challenges for, for the good. And, uh, and I just think that the perspective and the example that the both of you have showed has been incredible to me. And I thought our listeners would love just getting to know more about not just, not just a story of, of what happened. It's always interesting. Sometimes we think of stories as not true (laughs) or we think of it as like some fictional thing, but your story and your experience are very real. Mm-hmm. And we hope that in some ways that this can be a chance for you to help us understand your your experience and your story and also what what's transformed and what what's become as a result of of your experiences for those of uh, and all I really mentioned a few months ago was just that you had been in that uh, in that horrible car crash um, but with the two of you kind of just work work with us to just kind of let listeners know a little bit about what happened and yeah um, sure and your experiences so far of course yeah so Lauren what do you remember that day um I don't remember the crash happening itself um I remember I was going through a rough patch at the time and so it was it was a rough start to the day um my mom and I were planning on going to the temple to just take a walk, um, hopefully just get some upliftment. Um, and you I found remember, your to-do list later. Your to-do list? Yeah. What was on it? We never made it past the first two yeah, to get yeah, to the we, temple? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the third thing on the list was, uh, you know, go take a walk with mom at the temple, Before but we, were, we didn't get there. Because I got <laughs> smashed by a truck. Yeah. We smashed up, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I remember getting in the car, and that's that's pretty much it. And I feel bad because my mom remembers just all the horrifying, uh, tragic, haunting parts of it. <laughs> yeah. So we were in the we were in Lauren's car, and she was driving, and she was driving well. She was feeling kind of hopeful and calm because we were going to go to the temple, and that was going to be a good thing. And you know, nothing crazy was happening. Our cell phone was in her purse in the back seat. You know, we didn't have the radio on. Nothing was distracting us. We were just driving and feeling kind of good. And we got to a two-way stop. And um, I just realized that we might have a change of plans um, after that, like what, what we had planned for the day, like where we were going to, what we we're going to do. Maybe we need to go pick up the boys is basically what it was. Maybe we need to go get them before we left. And my sons, and she has, Lauren has three little brothers and one older brother, Harrison, that, that is, um, 
someone you know, Reg. Yeah. But um, at the two-way stop, she stopped. And I said, hey, I, I said something to her about maybe the plans changing. So I think what happened is that she was kind of, he, she paused for a sec to like, should I pull over to turn around first or what? Like she wasn't sure then if she should go straight or turn. So she paused to, to kind of assess where to, to go. And I think it was just a beat too long. And so then she, you know, you kind of sense if you waited. <laughs> so she looked to the left. I know she looked to the left, uh, even though I wasn't looking, I wasn't even looking up. I was looking out the other direction. So I didn't see the truck at all, but I know she did because I heard her inhale and, and the beginning of a scream, like, ah! like just the first second of a scream before she really got going. And then I heard a sound like uh, a train or avalanche or something. And then, and then it was dark, you know, nothing because we were both unconscious and she stayed unconscious, which is the blessing because <laughs> she wasn't just unconscious, but I was uh, awake pretty quick. I woke up and I didn't know um, where I was because it didn't look like the shape of a car at all. <laughs> and also I couldn't see very well because I had a really big injury to my forehead. Um, my skull was exposed a few inches and I was bleeding a lot into my eyes. I was blinking hard and I, uh, was trying to figure out even where I was. And I, I couldn't see like that this was a shape of a car cause Lauren's side of the car was gone. Like her seat was gone. There was nowhere for her to be. I was just in this little triangle area it felt like. So I didn't know it was even a car at first. And then it took me a second to realize, um, I mean, I even like moved my back and I was like, okay. My back's not broken, I'm not dead. And it took me a second, and I had those thoughts before I even realized that this kind of dangling shape over my lap was Lauren. She was encased from the waist down in the crushed car. I couldn't see the bottom half of her. I knew that she was crushed, um, for sure, because metal doesn't like just bend around your body. You know? So I was sure that she was crushed from like her lower rib cage down. And her, she was dangling awkwardly and I reached out and tried to lift her head up because I thought maybe her neck was broken, but I was looking kind of at the back of her head tilted away from me. So I started yelling for obviously, and I tried to move and look around and I didn't see the side of her face that was hit by the truck. Um, but I saw the other side of her face that was not damaged at all. And that was enough because her eye was open and fixed and her mouth was open and slack and there was no breathing. And so I thought, well, I knew she was dead. And so I looked, I started screaming for help. Just then like, help me. I was actually saying, help me, my girl, help me like that. Cause I didn't want to move or get out, look for my phone or I was holding her head and, um, just bleeding. She was just bleeding out into my lap <laughs> from a hole on the other side of her head where the truck hit her. And, um, I looked out through the windshield and the lady who had hit us was out of the truck already. Cause I'd been out, I don't know for a little bit. So she was already out of the truck. She was holding up her phone and she was motioning to the phone. Like I've already called, I've already called like, you know, and she, her face was so compassionate and horrified at the same time. But what was really remarkable to me is that, <laughs> She was also trying to cover her, she had two like little kids with her and she was trying to cover their eyes at the same time as tell me she had already called. And I remember feeling, I mean, shock would do weird things. And even though I was holding my dead daughter's head, <laughs> I remember actually thinking, oh, 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 those babies shouldn't see this. They should not be looking at us. Get him away, get him away. <laughs> like this kind of horrible feeling about those babies standing there. And, um, then a police officer came and I don't want to really talk about that interaction, interaction, but, um, he, um, he said, is she, is she even breathing? And I said, I don't think so. And he said, I don't think so either. And so we both kind of agreed that she, she wasn't. And then, um, I, Lauren made a terrible, she jerked. And she made a terrible kind of a weird metallic sound from inside of her body that kind of came out of her mouth, but she didn't close her mouth or blink her eyes. It was just this kind of rattle. And then I thought that 
nothing could have been worse than her being dead, but her being alive again and crushed beyond repair was way, way worse. Somehow suffering. Mm. I, so I just kind of wailed for real, clapped my hands over my ears and fainted. <laughs> and um, when I woke up again, the EMTs were there. And that is actually a funny story because I gave them a hard time because I didn't want to be in the ambulance. Um, and I still haven't found a way to thank them because they were very respectful and courteous with this erratic behavior of mine. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's what happened in the actual wreck. And, uh, you know, the craziness of it is that we were able to look at the accident report and later my husband called the um, person who was the witness on the accident report and also um, the person who hit us. And both of them in their different ways were kind of offering condolence. I mean, like the, the, the person who hit us was very sure that Lauren had died and that maybe I had because um, and he was so, the husband is the, uh, the lady hit us, but the husband arrived at the scene before they were able to get Lauren out. I was already gone, but they had to wait for the jaws of life because she really was encased in the car. And so he was there with his wife supporting her. And, um, you know, after they cut the car open and took her out, you know, he thought he was looking at someone who had passed away. And so he was like offering condolences and then, um, saying, well, is she quadriplegic then? like sure that that was the next no and no one no one even the person that towed the car was kind of worried about my family when they were there they were looking for my person things at the place where they had towed it and he was like you don't want to go in there it's very obvious what happened I'm very sorry and they're like well you know they're they're both alive he's like what <laughs> there's survivors and he showed him other cars that were not nearly as shattered and destroyed as our car that were fatal accidents for everyone in the car. So it just, the survival is a miracle. Um, and there's been a tremendous amount of other miracles besides just the fact of her life that have been shocking, just with her body, amazing, even though she had really, truly horrific injuries too. So, but when I was there, like that is, that is what I was experiencing, but Lauren doesn't remember any of that. Oh. It breaks my heart that my mom remembers all of that when I was having a completely different experience. I don't think I'll go into like a lot of the details, but I can tell you that I knew exactly where I was. Exactly who I was with and exactly what was communicated to me. And I was infused with my Savior's love and my own self-worth and my broken perceptions of myself were healed and I'm okay. That's why I can come out of this okay. I felt more broken and stuck in life before I was actually even in the accident and literally broken. <laughs> the reason why I felt more broken and I was just hurting so much more before the accident because I have the missing piece that I needed so desperately then. And I have it now. That is just unconditional love for myself. Like true unconditional love. I understand now that even when I'm messy and imperfect at trying to figure out life, I'm still so valuable. Everyone is. We are all just as valuable during a hard time as we are when everything seems to be going right. So by loving yourself unconditionally, that makes it so you can not just accept, but embrace and love all of the imperfections in your life 
and the effort that you put into it. That's beautiful. Thank you. They talk about um, the power of the atonement of Christ and, mm-hmm. and the power of, of his love and redemption being eternal. Yeah. And, and eternal in the truest sense is no beginning and no end. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if at the end, you know, despite our imperfections, it's not, it's not that Christ suffered for us to make us whole in, a, in the future. If it was infinite, then we're entitled to that completeness, na- com- yeah. completeness yeah. now and not just, you know, there, there seems like there's always just like a 10% farther that we have to go before we can then be happy or before yeah. we can then be complete. But it, it sounds like you you were able to get a glimpse of of the completeness that's available to you now, yeah. Based on eternal promises that had no beginning and end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, before the accident, um, I mean, Lauren has always struggled with anxiety, for one thing, um, and a crippling amount of it, like stop you in your tracks every day. Um, and also, uh, the anxiety triggered um, a life-threatening eating disorder. And basically, um, Lauren's only 21, but there's been a lot of really bad events and hard things already. Like, I'm like, that's not stacking up to be very fair. <laughs> She's 21, I think that that's, that's good. That's, that's enough. And um, so... We thought that this accident would end her if she survived. So honestly, when she was still unconscious, we didn't know if she'd wake up and be Lauren. Um, because, I mean, it was like the truck, like she, she, she says it so happy, but like, yeah, she got hit in the face of the truck for real. Like with a speeding truck, it crushed her face. Like, like so many broken bones on that side of the face. The surgeon thought that there was like 12 bones around the eye, but then when he did the sur- sorry, when he did the surgery, he discovered that it was a lot more than that. They were just really small shards. Most of them were too, a lot of them were too small to plate and screw. She's got all this metal in her face, but some of the shards, a lot of them were so small that he could just kind of arrange them in in order, close to the other bones, eventually to he- to heal. And then like her cheek was broken in a couple places, and the bones were down here down lower by her chin area and her jaw was broken in the joint area but that was the only um, broken bone that was not displaced so it was just painful but all the other bones were terribly terribly displaced out of their places like and then also of course a serious concussion um, that and the immediate after after trying to save her eyesight um, and, and do a surgery with on her face, they were then you know just scanning her brain, scanning her brain, because there's a little brain, a brain bleed, but you know you don't know how long it. But it was it was able to stop. There was nothing permanently done, but it it would it, that wasn't apparent at first because brains are tricky, yeah. <laughs> so no one could really tell us what what we would have when she wakes up, like what you know what her what her brain would be like. So when she was unconscious, we were, I mean, we were very grateful she was alive, so surprised. In fact, I thought everyone was lying to me in the ER. I, I was so upset and I was so irritated when anyone would ask me about my injuries. I thought that was just mind-blowingly frustrating because I really wanted to hear this, the update on Lauren. And so, in fact, the ER people started realizing that um, I wasn't even going to answer questions <laughs> unless they gave me an update first. They're like, okay, here's your update now. Can you tell me? Because I, I, I mean, I had weird things happening. I, I'd had a little seizure. <laughs> they really wanted to see what internal injuries, how my brain was. And I was just like, yeah, tell me about my girl. Like, I just That's wasn't That's the gonna. mother's love. <laughs> I was so bad with the, with the EMTs, but anyway, um, you know, when you see that pattern of both when the, when the kids are at the window and, and you're having concern for them and you're, and you're having incredible difficulties and having concern for Lauren and her condition, there, there's something powerful about 
choosing to love and have more concern for others than we do about ourselves. And, and throughout the whole experience, at least the way I see it, that's a remarkable trait of, of a true disciple of Christ to choose, to choose others despite our own, our own difficulties. You, you magnify motherhood and, and Christian discipleship in a, in a beautiful way. I feel like that's why, I don't know about all that, but I, I do feel like that's why parenting is like the best, hardest thing, just because it does help us get there, like where we love people completely more than we do our own dreams and goals and things. I was really struggling because I thought they were lying to keep me calm. I thought that they were telling me that, because I was very sure her, her, her um, body was crushed. So even if she was alive, I was like, yeah, her back is broken, her pelvis is crushed. And they were like, we scanned her whole body. She has no broken bones. And I was like, yeah, you're lying because you want me to stay calm, you know? And so finally my brother-in-law, my husband and, and my brother-in-law work at uh, Family First uh, Physical you know, Medical Center that's like right by the hospital. And so my husband got there, but it took him a little while. He thought, because somebody called from the hospital and my brother-in-law sometimes has patients at the hospital often. So he thought, oh, wrong Southwick, you're, you're after my brother. And so when the message was when you talked to Spencer Southwick from the hospital, he thought, oh, you got the wrong Southwick, it's my brother, he's a doctor, those were his patients. So he didn't get, get to the phone for a little while. So by the time he got understood, no, they need to talk to you and it's about your family. You know, he thought he, two, two caskets today, that's what it felt like for him. And, um, but my brother-in-law came to the hospital too and it was very tender mercy that he did because he, as a doctor, you know, like he got down really close to my face and he, he was like, I know you want to believe the evidence of your own eyes and these are strangers, but she's not crushed. She's not. And I can't tell you about her vision or face or, you know, but she's not crushed. And I, it was mind blowing to me based on what I saw in the car and all the witnesses. But what I started to say, I squirreled away from the topic, but um, (laughs) um, what I started to say was that, um, we were scared. We were terrified that she was going to wake up and take a look at her face. She's 21. She'd already struggled with being able to see her own beauty, which seems crazy because she's beautiful. But we thought she would take a look at her shattered face. It was shattered, you know, and then also feel her pain and like understand that she'd been knocked down yet another cliff that she was going to have to climb back up and she was going to turn her face to the wall and give up. We knew it. I would have, I, I knew that that would happen. I knew that it would happen. In fact, my husband and I stopped when he was driving me home from the hospital. I had to stay there a little bit, had a surgery on my head and check out my concussion. And then they let me go. Um, and we stopped in the, in the driveway and, and we called a therapist that Lauren had enjoyed in the past and we're like, okay, um, if she wakes up and she's still Lauren, it's going to be all hands on deck if we can save her, but we probably can't. That's what I thought because of how big the stack of trials had already been <laughs> and how difficult she was feeling right before we crashed. Like seriously, we're going to the temple and we got hit by a truck. I mean, the irony of it all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we thought that would happen. We were sure that, and we were scared, praying. Um, so days later, I'm sleeping at home because I slept a lot before Lauren got home. And because I was, my concussion was just doing that. <laughs> and um, um, it was probably, I, I've said to my family that it was the best moment of my entire life, including my, my wedding day and the birth of my babies. <laughs> Spencer, my husband, called me, FaceTimed me from the hospital. Because of COVID, I couldn't be there. Only one guest, and he couldn't even spend the night. He just could stay there from like 7 to 7 because of COVID. We were, and we, I mean, so um, he called me, he FaceTimed me, and I, he didn't give me any warning, and I... I, I, I woke up and I answered and he had it pointed at Lauren and 
her one eye that could open was open a little bit. And she said, hi, mom, in this really cheerful voice. And I just, I lost it because she knows who I am. She's still Lauren. And even in two words, I could hear that she was glad to be here, which is not what we were expecting at all. Like, she was really, really glad, <laughs> which it blew my mind. I want to ask you a question, Lauren. I, um, I've seen pictures of you prior to the accident. Absolutely. You're a beautiful girl. Thank you. Um, and here, meeting with you here face to face, I see so much more beauty in, in a deep way. Um, you, you resonate peace and calm. And, and I, and I mentioned to you prior to this, that I have times where I deal with, with social anxiety and nerves and just the idea of even recording myself seems crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but to feel of your calm adds to, to that beauty that, that I think blesses people far more than, than physical characteristics in and of themselves. Right. Mm, thank you. Um, can you share a little bit about your, your perspective of, of peace and beauty as you, as you see them now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I remember the first time I saw myself before I was even reconstructed or anything like it was, it was bad. It was, it was really bad. Um, but my first thought was, well, that makes sense. Cause I know what I'm feeling and I'm in extreme pain, but, um, I also saw, I saw myself and I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm amazing. I am powerful. And that's beautiful. And now that I, it's been some, it's been a few months and um, I don't look as <laughs> insanely broken, but I still will have permanent scars and reminders that I was in this accident. Um, but when I look in the mirror, it doesn't bother me much. It really doesn't because why would I wanna erase the most powerful experience I've ever had? Having experienced having seen myself through my savior's eyes, <laughs> that makes me see every scar in my life, not just my physical ones, but emotional ones, every scar in my life. That makes me see them all and smile. I think there's something to, um, I've, I've heard people talk about the scars on, on Christ's hands <laughs> and his, and his challenges and overcoming them. And I think, I think there is something powerful about keeping those scars as a, as a reminder of yeah. just the power of, of certain events in our life. Yeah, for sure. If you were to, if you were to hide it, we may, we may accidentally forget some of those, those moments to help define who we are and who we want to be in the future. Exactly. So Lauren said two sentences there that are famous for our family forever, because when she first got home, so she, she was home for a while waiting for the trauma and the swelling to go down enough to do reconstruction. And it was a really, really hard time because she was in a lot of pain and it was terrifying to have her home knowing that her, I'd seen I, her bones were not in the right places. It was terrifying. Right. And the pain, I mean, I'm like, go back to the hospital, get a morphine drip, you know, but, um, we couldn't do the surgery until it got, you know, the swelling went down. So that's when the no sleeping ever started. But what was interesting is that I, you know, the, 
the concussion and everything um, caused her to like have very limited language at first. So it wasn't like, like everyone told us it was great news that she was speaking English words and everything was okay, but it was limited. So she wasn't expanding on anything or like detailing anything or, but she, so at home we call it the short declarative sentence phase because, <laughs> and because that's all she had was like short, very passionately delivered sentences, like very passionately. Yeah, I was, I was very passionate. I remember being like, man, I'm sweating. Like you guys, like yeah. listen to me, don't get hit by a truck. Just, I've learned this the hard way. Yeah, I'll yeah. learn it the hard way. She actually would be like, ooh, sweating. Like, and now we kind of make that motion and we mean like big feelings, like ooh, ooh. Like, oh, you know, like so much sweating, so much passion. But uh, there, there was really only like two sentences that she would circle around again because it was like she hadn't told us yet because she had short-term memory memory loss. You have a new spirit animal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Dory. Yep, Dory. <laughs> so she was like, she wouldn't remember that she just told us. And so she would be like, she'd be crying from pain or just really obviously in agony. And I just, I stayed with her all the time. She could, oh, she was blind then too. She couldn't see anything because the eye wasn't, that wasn't damaged was already a really bad eye. Plus she didn't want to open it. But right. well, when I would open that one, it would hurt. Like, I don't know, the muscle connection would would hurt my broken eye. I don't know. So I just I think was, you just try to open both. If you tried to open one, so then she just kept both of her eyes shut. But so even, she's just blind. But even when I could open the broken eye, it was black. Like it was, it was Probably actually black. like not even blurry. Like it, it black. was blind yeah. <laughs> for the first while. And no one could tell us anything about that. Wait and see. Everything was wait and see. Um, but um, point is she's blind and in pain. And I just would stay inches from her. Like literally just, we, we literally laid on the bed nose to nose and she would talk to me and cry and I just try to comfort her. And then all of a sudden she would go, but I'm still breathing. And her one eye would open and she'd get this kind of amazing look on her face. I'm like, here we go. Cause it kept happening. <laughs> and she would be like, I'm amazing. And I'd be like, I know. And she'd be like, you don't, you don't know. I know. And I'd be like, I believe you. And then a couple of things she's like, I am so powerful. And I'd be like, you are. It's like, you don't know. I just, it's like new information, brand new information. So she would say, I'm amazing and I'm powerful. And so are you. Like with her eyes closed, if she heard anyone dogging on themselves, she'd be like, hey, you're amazing. <laughs> like that from across the room. You don't even know. You don't even, even know. Someone with the highest self-esteem doesn't know like to the extent of how much they matter. Yeah. It's like amazing and powerful on repeat. And, and with such like, like literally the most exciting news she'd ever heard as if she hadn't told us yet over and over for days and days. It was so fresh. Like when I wasn't so overwhelmed with all the pain, all the physical pain, that was the only thing on my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I was so excited about it. Like, like I want everyone to feel what I've been feeling. Like, so, uh, you know, Harrison, so he was, I think, taking your class at that time. And, yeah. he, and so him and his wife, Kira, were staying with us helping and he hadn't done work for so schoolwork for a while because it was all hands on deck at first. Right. And so he's sitting there frantically on this computer for a long time. And Lauren would just come and sit in like a chair and just be out there and look asleep. But then she would say these things. And after a while he would smile and just keep working, but he just smiled listening to her being like amazing and powerful. You better not get hit by a truck. Just believe me and stuff like that. And, and he just said like, what? And so finally he just like motioned me over like, mom, I mean, I'm really glad she's happy, but it, is she going to be okay? I mean, is this going to last forever? Like, is she going to be okay? It's like, she's five years old. Like, I know, I know. I, and I, I'm always like the confident one, like, oh yeah, this is just brain injuries are like, and then I'm decided, like, actually, I, no I really hope, I hope this stays that way forever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Me too, actually. I mean, when, when I came home from my mission, I remember people saying things like, oh, don't, don't worry. You're going to be back to normal soon. Right. Like, well, what does that mean? What, what if I changed and I want to hold on yeah. to what I've changed yeah. instead of people measuring, measuring my success based on whether or not I'm reverting back to areas that yeah. are not healthy. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I don't mean all of the short term yeah. memory things, which is no oh. doubt what he's referencing more, and he also, more we all, commonly. Well, but. We also all thought that she wasn't comprehending the accident correctly. Like, mm-hmm. like she doesn't know that her face is shattered currently. She doesn't get it. She's sure her brain doesn't allow her to understand. That's what we thought <laughs> because when people, 
because when people would bring us food, you know, and lovely neighbors and friends, they brought us food and, and flowers and cards, or whatever. She would look and we do like impressions because one side of her face can't open and her other eye would open so wide. It looked crazy, just so wide. And she would be like, I'm like, so, so-and-so brought us dinner. And she'd just sit there and be like, but why? And we're like, um, honey, we got in a really horrible accident. That's why you hurt so bad. Oh. And then like the next day, somebody else brought us dinner. But, oh, but, but why? And we thought she just couldn't comprehend it, but that's not what was going on. No, I just, it was hard for me to understand why that would be something people would show sympathy for. Like, because it was so positive to me. Like None of the other real life stuff had hit yet. And so it was just how peaceful and positive she felt Yeah. right then. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like real life has come back in the... Like, like I've always struggled with anxiety. I felt like it's controlled me and I felt like, um, like that's why I'm stuck. That's why I'm stuck in life. <laughs> um, and now I still feel anxiety. Um, but, and sometimes it's just as severe. Sometimes it's just as strong, but it has completely different results now because it doesn't even get close to touching my core value and worth. And so, like you were saying, like, yeah, I don't want to revert to where I was before um, because I felt stuck and broken. And I was, I felt like I was just a failure, even though I was trying my best. <laughs> um, but even though, yes, I'm having my real life struggles back just because I'm having those struggles again, that doesn't mean I lost the new sense of worth and purpose that I have gained. And there's no, in, in my mind, given all the circumstances, there's no way three months later that you'd be willing to come onto the podcast and visit about oh, yeah. this. This would be way overwhelmingly terrifying. Like, <laughs> I think that you're going to find, um, this, this last week, we, we hit to where there's 10,000 listeners now for for wow. the Brother Reg con- broadcast. Wow. And I think... You should say that when we're done recording. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it's, it's going to be amazing for, for people to be able to listen and identify. I think, I think one of the questions, and I, I, I can't relate in the sense of, of what either of you have been through, Um. I think the closest that I can get is there's times where I feel like I get, I get a vision of who I am and what my purpose is. And sometimes it can be hard to, to convey that. And, and also sometimes to retain it when, when I have outside things that, that start impacting what is so special, you know, when the, when the world makes total sense, and then sometimes 30 minutes later, hmm. some small outside thing just kind of can sidetrack me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, I have two questions. Um, the first is, how, how do you best, how, what, what practices or mindset are you doing to help retain that into your heart? And, and then the second is, for those that listen to this, that that obviously haven't been hit in the face with a truck and haven't, <laughs> I don't know why that sounds like the positive way to say it. When we say the accident, it sounds scarier. Like when she says it like that, we all kind of a little smash in the face. <laughs> when, but for those that that won't, that likely won't have that experience, mm-hmm. they're in desperate need. We're all in desperate need to fill that sense of of purpose, of inner peace. Yeah an acknowledgement of the power within us, what, what advice would you give to those people that won't have that same experience to maybe help them have the same result? Mm-hmm. I was hoping for that exact same question. Yeah. You can start with either of them. Okay. Um, I, I do run on sentences. So sometimes like for all I know, I ask four questions there. So <laughs> go where you want and I'll clarify if. Well, okay. Lauren, you kind of told me the answer to that question. Um, because, or at least one of those questions, I forgot which, that there were two, but, um, the, the fact that I started getting upset and worried for her because 
the miracle of her amazing, um, well, we haven't even touched on how her body was preserved in miraculous ways. Like, for example, I did not take the initial impact because I'm in the passenger seat, but I was colorful bruises from head to toe. Like I looked like I'd been in a boxing ring and um, my body was covered in colors of bruises I didn't think were possible. I mean, like black, dark, not even purple. And I mean, I was really hurt, just banged around. She was crushed by the car. And the first time I saw a little snippet of a video that my husband sent home from the hospital and she was uh, up and standing with the physical therapist, I just kept saying, look at her legs, look at her legs, because her legs were pristine. So it's like, I felt like God wanted to leave no doubt at all. So instead of just preserving her from death and paralyzed, you know, being paralyzed, he, he also like seriously wrapped her in bubble wrap, but just missed the head <laughs> because like seriously, her legs were pristine white. Like she didn't have from the neck down, her head injuries were severe. Her face injuries were horrific, but from the neck down, no broken bones, no internal injuries, no punctures, no scratches, and not a single bruise. And no one could believe that. Um, and so with all of those miracles, I started sensing that her anxiety and her, you know, struggle with like the food and, you know, she really needed food in order to heal. And I got scared, you know, and I was starting to feel a little like worried and upset, like all these miracles, but it's, it's all coming back. The bad parts that are so hard and how can she handle her previous trials and the new ones all at the same time? That's terrifying. But Lauren kind of read my body language and knew what was going on. And, um, she said, Oh, well, remember what you said? Well, I wouldn't still be here if I wasn't supposed to, I think I already said this, but just, be messy in doing life. Like, because growth and progress and just fulfilling our purpose, finding success, whatever, it doesn't, it, it's never gonna be easy and it's never gonna look perfect. It's never gonna be nice and neat. <laughs> um, Yeah, she, she said that, and I just thought, like, that's the most incredible thing I've ever heard. She's like, oh, it's okay. If I was done learning, I wouldn't be back. Why would I, why would, Heavenly Father's not gonna just be cruel. Like, let's just prolong your misery. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if, if she didn't still have work to do and things to learn, then why? Why was she here? So she, oh. she comforted me by saying, oh, the messy part, the imperfect part, that's what we're here for. And I was amazed, of course, because that's amazing. Like, I think the messiness is the perspective that she really just shines is that, oh, imperfect. That's good. That's what we're doing here. And we're all doing better than we think we are, even with all that messiness and imperfection. And she really calls us out all the time on that. Even when that first week when she was just saying amazing and powerful, um, Kira, my son's wife, um, I was making dinner for the first time since everything. And I mean, I'm exhausted and I look like I'd been beat, you know, and everything. And I still have this weird bandage on my head and I, I'm standing there cooking something. And she comes up, she was like, mom, like, you're amazing. And I was like, yeah, you are from like way far away. You know? <laughs> Better believe it. And, and amazing and powerful too. I'm like, I know. And I'm a goddess. And she's like, yeah. And Kira was like, please, please, for the rest of my life, can the voice in my head be Lauren right after the accident? Like, that's the voice I want in my head talking to me for the rest of my life, you know? Um, but the goddess part, actually, it's kind of a special story because um, it was, I had been helping her get cleaned up. It's really hard. It's like, I, I said, like, with her physical body, it felt like I raised her again. So I had to kind of rough her up to help her wash her hair, and it was painful. Everything was painful. She had all these stitches and poles and terrible things, and... So she was exhausted and she'd gotten cold and I was about ready to pass out. Um, but it woke her up. It made her a little more, a little more there, you know, 
like, so a little more than just a short declarative sentence for the first time, right? So she looks really alert because she'd gotten kind of roughed up and she's got a robe on and she's, she opens her kind of good eye and she gets really close to the mirror. And I'm like, oh, this is when the other shoe drops. This is when she sees how destroyed her face is. It's right now. And she's going to say, yeah, never mind. <laughs> this is too hard, right? Um, she's 21. And she's always had a difficult time seeing her beauty at all. So that I'm like, this is it. It's going to be really bad. And my heart would just stop beating. I just held my breath, like waiting. She looks at herself for a really long time and she steps back. And that's when her third sentence came out because she was like, well, I'm a goddess. That's literally what she said. <laughs> and I thought she was having a sense of humor. I was being legit. I, was, <laughs> I really, I mean, I. she saw it, but she was like, no, no, I'm. It, like the, the, I can see the the beauty, and if there's ever a time when you wouldn't be able to see your beauty, that would be it. I mean, it, it, that was before reconstruction. I can't be more clear. It was before her bones got back together. So if there's any time when a 21 year old girl is gonna look in the mirror and not see beauty, that was it. But she didn't, and so that's when we had the third declarative sentence. And I, like she'd be like, "Mom, I can't see. Are you looking at me?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at you." And she's like, oh, "I don't blame you. I'm a goddess." Like that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Kira, Kira and I we just kept saying that, like, I've, I feel kind of bad about myself today, but how can I? I'm a goddess. You know, we just try to keep it going. And it, it really spread. It spread. <laughs> so in, in some ways, you, you get to help relive that and remember it by, by sharing it. Exactly. Yeah. I think we shared a lot about the crisis, and, um, but it's, it's still hard because I'm still healing in real life. Other problems are still coming back, but um, so now it's just all about endurance. And I think the thing that helps with enduring is f focusing on the good of it all um, and just spending your time and energy on what helps you see the good in it. Um, cause in my experience, I saw so clearly that heavenly father was there ready and waiting to make more good of this and bad. And I know that that's how it is with any hard thing for any of us. Um, I know that my experience is just very dramatic and kind of crazy and I, that's how I've learned this, but it's different for everyone. Everyone um, deserves to know who they are and what they're worth and what they're capable of. Um, so, My father's trying to tell everyone in different is, ways. And he is there, even if it's hard to see in the moment, he is there um, make orchestrating um, things in your life that will make more good than bad. Um, out of whatever hard situation you're in. And so um, right now I have a limited amount of energy <laughs> every day just because of my healing. Um, but I am focusing on spending whatever energy I have, um, things that will just help me focus on that good. And that includes talking about it and sharing about it. And there's something powerful about and some of the some of the trauma in our life and some of the extreme difficulties in some ways when when we play a broken record of of an experience or trial, it it gains power until we let some of that out, right? Mm -hmm. And and we begin to control the narrative in a beautiful way to yeah. to help bring out the very best in us as well as others. Yeah. I, in my perspective, and this is our first time meeting in person, I believe, mm -hmm. um, there's no doubt in my mind that you are beautiful, that you are powerful, and you are a goddess. You're, you're a daughter of God with, with unlimited abilities and gifts as a result of what's been given to you from the beginning of time. 
and I and I love who you are. You you just being here in this room and having this conversation, you you radiate goodness. You radiate peace. And I think that you're going to find that people will be drawn to you even without necessarily words that you share, but based on who you are, it will bring about good just being with you as, as I know that it did for both Sarah Lynn and I just, just visiting. Thank you so much. When Lauren was telling me that she was still here for a purpose for a short time after she started getting better, I think she started to feel the pressure of the purpose now because anxiety makes you do that stuff, like take a good thing and twist it and make it hard. Right. Right? Especially because I was given so much. I'm aware of the everything I was given. So she was like, I really want to share. I want to share it. I want to share. And it's not really about me. I need to, I need to like, so she'd like try to, she's working with my son that's struggling with self-esteem talk, talk about positive affirmations and just trying to share her light a little bit a little, little bit reflect his light a little bit every day and um we we had talked about how um yeah but the pressure kind of lifted when she i don't remember what you read or what but she realized that sometimes you're still fulfilling your purpose and you're sharing your light without your words like you said like the fact that you know, sounds and light were really painful. My little boys, my boys, they're not little, but they've been so patient because we have to have to be pretty quiet. Like loud noises are still very painful and they shut down her brain quicker than if she doesn't like, you know, keep it kind of calm. Mm-hmm. And um, so they've been quiet for months. It's hard. I mean, for boys, right? Um, but uh, so she realized that even just coming out of the bedroom and being with the family without saying anything was fulfilling her purpose. Like you said, like showing up and being there at all for people is, you know, we're all really connected. We matter even when we're not like being inspirational at that moment or, you know, like doing an act of service at that moment, like being there, like that's like, I think when you figured that out, you shared that with me. And then I feel like the pressure of the whole purpose thing kind of, shrunk back down to a manageable portion (laughs) and anxiety would make me isolate myself before like it was hard for me to even just show up I didn't I would not only just doubt myself with it wouldn't just keep me from speaking (laughs) um but even just showing up (laughs) and so It makes me happier than I've ever been to know that. I don't know. I, I kind of. When you're being, you know, when I when I look at this, you're. It it seems to be bringing you joy just by giving what you have, mm-hmm. despite limitations, despite ongoing challenges. Of course, you know that that life doesn't suddenly become rosy and perfect in some respects, yeah. but it's not supposed to. No. And, and the only thing that keeps coming to my mind over and over that I, that I wanted to mention to you is this idea of real life happening more and more. And, and what I wanted to mention is that the power in who you are is when the reality is yours and not given from somebody else. Yeah. When, when we find ourselves saying real life is happening, Mm -hmm. what we tend to be saying is that there's external things that are beginning to influence the inner parts of us. And, and I, I want to encourage you as your friend that the more that people begin to have their real life be your reality, as opposed to your real life being their real life, you will have dramatic impact on, on not just yourself, but others because your view of the world and your view of reality carries far greater blessings and far greater impact for good than any pessimistic jaded world philosophy that exists even from well-meaning people. So I'm, I'm personally going to be walking away from this conversation thinking, 
I want to have my quote unquote real world be your real world because that will bring greater peace than vice versa. I'm so glad that makes me so happy. That's really special that you said that because um, I feel like Lauren and I have talked a lot about um, how she, her, her social anxiety sometimes would make it so that when an interaction didn't go well, she would say like, why aren't, why am I so, or, you know, just stupid or so whatever, naive. So like she'd turn a social interaction that didn't feel positive and she'd be like, ugh, all about your shortcomings, not being enough of something. And we've talked a lot lately about how um, she's like, I, if I love myself, then I can be who I am and not apologize for it not feel like if something doesn't go well, it's because I need to change me. It's just, um, you know, life is tricky and, and social stuff is weird and we're not all the same, but it doesn't mean you have to change your core, who you are to match whoever you're with. You don't have to do that. You can still be you. <laughs> and I feel like that is new information for Lauren for sure. Um, so that's really special that you said it that way. There's, I, I hadn't, um, I hadn't considered this beforehand, but there's a, there's a song that was on an EFY CD a number of years ago that has always been one of my very favorites. And as we conclude, I thought that maybe I would, I would play it for, for our listeners yeah. and, and think about the relation, the relationship to what you've taught and shared. Um, but when I, and I'll have the, the podcast actually end on that song. But I want to let you know how much I love that you came. I love what you shared. And um, this, will be, this will be an episode that I'll, I'll re-listen to because of the beauty of it all. And I, and I have no doubt that listeners are, gonna, are going to love it too. I'm so glad that makes me happier than ever. Thank you for coming. Thank you. See you guys soon. We'll play the song now.
Love's love.